Good morning. Happy Sunday, March 22nd, 2020. Before we get into the sermon for this morning, some words of comfort from God's word for us. Uh, if you're scared about what's going on, if you're fearful, if there's some anxiety over job loss or or what's going to happen to my job or income or or whatever you, might be bothering you at this time, health, other things, and you feel like the world is spinning out of control, let's hold on to the promises of God. And here are some promises. Number one, God is in control. Psalm 46 verse 1 tells us, Be still and know that I am God. Number two, God loves and promises to help us. Isaiah 41 tells us, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. God promises to use all things, yes, even this, for our good. Romans 8, verse 28 says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And then these last two points are really what our service is going to focus on, the, the fact that we can serve others with the examples that Jesus has given to us. God wants us to use his, uh, us to reflect his love to others. Matthew 5 tells us, You are the light of the world. Let your light, light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and praise their Father in heaven. And in times of adversity, Christians can demonstrate a calm confidence that others don't have. First Peter tells us, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. This morning, our service at Trinity focuses us on the Jesus, that Jesus calls us as Christians from sinful selfishness to selfless service. Our sermon this morning is based off the Rome, uh, words of Paul's letter to the Romans, reading the first ten verses of chapter 8. So then there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For in Christ Jesus the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. Indeed, what the law was unable to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did when he sent his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to deal with sin. God condemned sin in his flesh so that the righteous decree of the law would be fully satisfied in us who are not talking according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. To be sure, those who are in harmony with the sinful flesh think about things the way the sinful flesh does. And those in harmony with the Spirit think about things the way the Spirit does. Now the way the sinful flesh thinks results in death, but the way the Spirit thinks results in life and peace. For the mindset of the sinful flesh is hostile to God, since it does not submit to God's law, and in fact it cannot. Those who are in the sinful flesh cannot please God, but you are not in the sinful flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed God's Spirit lives in you. And if someone does not have the Spirit of Christ, that person does not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, but your spirit is alive because of righteousness. So far, God's Word. Dear brothers and sisters in our all-powerful and almighty God, 
I have a problem. Although I am called to be a pastor and teach God's ways, although I have been trained for many years on how to do this, I have been doing it publicly for over 10 years, almost starting my 11th, I've been, I've been among you now for five years. But I have a problem. I don't practice what I preach. I fail often. I don't live up to the ways that God wants me to live. It's difficult. The only consolation in all of this is that you are right in the same boat with me. You are just like me. As far as communicating the message clearly, the Apostle Paul perhaps does that better than any pastor. He was even inspired to write many books in the Bible, including the letter to the Romans where our sermon lesson comes from. But the chapter right before this, chapter 7, talks about the problem that Paul has. And Paul says this, the good that I want to do, I do not do. The evil that I do not do, this I keep on doing. The problem is so serious that Paul throws up his hands and basically says, who will rescue me from this body of death? And then he talks about Jesus being our rescuer. Don't give me any more rules because I won't be able to keep them well enough anyway. Give me a rescuer. That's exactly what I want and it's exactly what I need. And it's exactly what Paul tells us Jesus is in Romans chapter 8, that Jesus is our rescuer. And when we, when we know this, we realize that, yes, we have a problem, but that Christ has taken away that guilt, has taken away that fear because of his blood, because we are in Christ. And Christ changes you, and he changes me. And he changes the way we look at ourselves because of Jesus. Paul says this, So then there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For in Christ Jesus the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. Indeed, what the law was unable to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did when he sent his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to deal with sin. God condemned sin in the flesh. What he is saying is that God in Christ took this problem that is sin and put it on himself, made himself basically a sinner, even though he isn't, by taking all of our sin and carrying it with him. And he lived a perfect life, perfect life that you or I couldn't live. And he died to take away your sin and my sin. And he suffered that punishment so that we wouldn't have to. And he makes himself guilty. He condemns himself. He took it all away. And the law, the law of God could never do that because the law puts fear in us. You see, the law of God tells us what to do and what not to do. And it also tells us that if we fail just once, we're guilty of breaking all of it. It also tells us that if we break it just once, that we are condemned, that we have eternal punishment, eternal death. 
And that's where it ends. Doesn't tell us about Jesus. Doesn't tell us about salvation. Simply leaves us with fear. And we get fear, right? Just these past two weeks, what's happening in the world, in our country, we get fear. The fear of losing control. The fear of what's not, what what isn't uh, happening. Fear that we don't know the solution. Think about how that applies to our lives. The law tells us we should and shouldn't be doing this, and yet we do the exact opposite. We deserve punishment. That's kind of where the law ends. What does that do? It feels it fills us with that fear and that panic, and that's exactly what Paul is saying. He says the law was unable to do so because it was weakened by the flesh. Paul is basically saying, look at what God has to work with. God says this is a beautiful way to live your marriage. Or God says this is a beautiful way to treat friends. But look at what he has to work with. And so it is powerless to make us guiltless before God. The more law, the more guilt. The harder you try, the more you realize that sin is in your heart and in your mind on top of your actions. The law is powerless to save anyone. So God put Jesus on our team. Imagine Jesus who is all-powerful. He does everything for us. That is what he means when he says that God is in Christ doing this and that he condemns us. Basically, Jesus joins us and says, to save you guys, you know what I need to do? I need to help you. And I need to do it all myself. I don't actually need you. I'm going to do it all and take care of it all by myself. That's how I'm going to save you. And he, he doesn't do that out of pride, but in complete humility when he lived a perfect life. You see, his passive obedience when people sinned against him is just as powerful as his active obedience when he did the right things at just the right time. He never sinned against those who treated him terribly, and, and we get that, right? During our midweek Latin services, we have been hearing how he has been hurt and abused. They whipped him. They scourged him. They punched him. They spit on him. And yet he did not sin. No words, no thoughts of sin ever came from him. Instead, he really says this, no condemnation for all, including those that would put him to death, for those who would trust in him as their Savior. You see, now that fear that was there has been driven out because the fear of the law has been replaced by the love and the grace of the gospel. God tells us that he wants to remember our sins no more. He tells us that the guilt and the fear and our sin have been washed away in the flood of his blood. You are forgiven. It is washed away. And that changes you. That changes who you are. That changes how you look at yourself. That changes your guilt and your fear. But it doesn't just change your guilt and your fear and the way that we look our, at ourselves, but it changes the way that we serve. We want to serve him now. 
And Paul talks about that service. He says, so that the righteous decree of the law would be fully satisfied in us who are not walking according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. To be sure, those who are in harmony with the sinful flesh think about things the way the sinful flesh does, and those in harmony with the Spirit think about things the way the Spirit does. Now the way the sinful flesh thinks results in death, but the way the Spirit thinks results in peace. For the mindset of the sinful flesh is hostile to God, since it does not submit to God's law, and in fact it cannot. Those who are in the sinful flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the sinful flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed God's Spirit lives in you. And if someone does not have the Spirit of Christ, that person does not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, but your spirit is alive because of righteousness. So what is he saying here? When you believe in Jesus, God through the Holy Spirit, who taught you the good news about Jesus, creates a new spiritual person inside of your heart. Now you have that old spiritual person yet who wants to go against what God's word says and what God's will tells you to do. But right alongside that, the Holy Spirit makes this new spiritual person. This person does not need to be told God's will. And in fact, this spiritual person does things before God even asks you to do it. Not because you have to, but because you want to out of love and service to God. That's just who this new spiritual person is. So here's the question. How have you been feeling lately in serving your Lord and Savior? Do you find enthusiasm in doing that? Do you find joy in helping and serving others? Do you find joy when God comes to you or even to me and tells us that we need to change the way that we're doing things? Because it goes against his will. Or do you say, do I really have to do that? You have to answer that for yourself. But know this, the way to create enthusiasm would not be for me to create a bunch more rules for you because that would simply place you back under the law. What would help you is if somehow you could see Jesus for yourself even better. And then that gospel will help you fall in love with God and will make that new person even stronger. And you will experience that enthusiasm of serving. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, we have ample opportunity to serve these days. Think of what's going on in our world and in our country right now. You know, I have someone that I know that lives in Wisconsin that went to a gas station that acts more like almost a, a small grocery store, a convenience store. And he went in simply to pick up a, a, a bunch of bananas for his family. The store clerk asked him, how are you doing today? And this person responded, I'm doing great. I'm alive and I have Jesus as my savior. Wisconsin is under many of the same restrictions that we are. But yet this person was showing the love of Christ instead of the fear and the panic 
of the world. Because the love of God drives out that fear. We have plenty of ways to serve. Think of those that you haven't seen in a while. Those who are perhaps a little bit more susceptible to this disease. Those that are struggling perhaps with jobs or other things during this time. And reach out to them. Talk to them. Show them the love of Jesus. Perhaps go grocery shopping for those that are scared to go grocery shopping right now because of their health. Cook meals for those that perhaps struggle to do that. Get creative in how you can serve God and go out and show that love of God and serve Him and serve others. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, set aside some time to pray, to grow in your own faith in God. Dig into his word. Look at those promises that were mentioned earlier. God is in control. Be still and know that I am God. God is with us. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Look at the fact that God promises to use all things for our good. We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. You see, God changes us because he sets us free from the burden of the law and he makes us alive in him and in the good news in him. And that's the way he wants us to live. Take that fear, take that anxiety, take that doubt to the cross and let Jesus shatter it and go out and serve others with his love. Amen. And now may the peace of our God, which transcends all human understanding, guard and keep our hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. God's blessings to you all. And see you in the future.